Hey college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? Today is going to be a solo episode and I'm going to be talking about something that is quite prevalent to high schoolers around this time of year, which is APs and specifically what happens if you fail an AP exam. Hope you enjoy. So my website, College Reality Check, I have obviously many articles on there, but in the past few weeks, the article that has been bringing the most like views, like the, the article that most people are viewing is what happens if I fail an AP exam? And this, I mean, other articles, yeah, they would get a few hundred, some of them would get a few hundred a day, like page views, but this is like way above and beyond anything that my side has seen. So that's why I'm going to make this podcast today to talk about what happens if you actually fail an AP exam, which I guess is on the mind of many high schoolers now as you finish up your APs. But first, I'm going to go through my own experience. So right now, I am a sophomore in high school. I'm finishing up my sophomore year. And this was the first year that I took APs as well. So this year, I took four APs. I took AP Computer Science Principles, because, and I'll give a reason as to why I took all of them. So AP Computer Science Principles, my school requires that each student before they graduate has an art credit and a tech credit, and AP Computer Science falls under tech credit, so I, why not? Why not? If I'm going to have to take a tech class anyways, I might as well make it an AP. And then my second one was AP Government and Politics, which is quite a standard class. I was just following the track that I was on, so that's why I took AP U.S. Government and Politics. I also took AP Human Geography as one of my electives. So after you know freshman year, when I was picking my classes for sophomore year, I had already gotten all my main classes out of the way, like which ones I would be taking, which math, which, which English, history, science, and then I did have like a couple spots open here and there. So I filled one of those spots with AP Human Geography, and then the last AP I took was AP. AP Physics 1, which was also an elective. And we'll get we'll get to that one a little bit later. But what happened was my school, I don't know how other schools around the nation have done it, but in my school, what we did was we split up, instead of having seven classes throughout the entire school year, our school split us up into semesters. So we had one semester and two semesters, and each semester we had four classes. So that meant one extra class, which is why I took the AP Physics one. It was the extra class that I had chosen. But I took, well, government I took throughout the entire year because of something in my schedule. But I took AP Human Geography and Computer Science first semester. And then, again, I did government throughout the entire year. And I did AP Physics one second semester. So this really messed up, I guess, preparation because AP exams, it's not like you take them right after the class is over. They're always given, usually in the month of May. This year, it's a little bit different, but they're usually given in the beginning of May, in the first two weeks of May. And the fact that I would be ending AP Computer Science and AP Human Geography in like, what, January or something, I had like a whole three, four months to forget everything that I had learned. The first thing I did was plan out when I would be taking each exam. As some of you obviously those who are taking APs know that College Board changed it this year. So they're, instead of just having one day for the, I don't know, AP government exam and another day for the AP human geography exam, there were three administrations. So first administration is the first day that you could take the test. Second administration, 
second day you could take the test and then the third is obviously the third so and this was and they gave us a big timeline right it started in the beginning of may and i think the last day people will be administered like probably the first week of june so we were given over a month to plan out our ap's which was very convenient so what i went about doing was planning my ap's so that so they were spread far enough apart where i could prepare for each one so what i did was my like the first ever exam i took was ap government and politics and human geography i took those one day one after the other may 3rd and may 4th so i did those and then 3 weeks later i did ap physics 1 and then supposed to 2 weeks after ap physics 1 do my computer science exam but anyways so that's how i planned it out that's how i did the timeline for it so i knew i would have time to prepare for each one and what I did was for government and politics and human geography, I got a Princeton review book. Again, this was my first year ever taking APs. I didn't know exactly how I would, st- I've never taken AP, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what would be best for me, like how to study and how to best prepare myself. And I know that Princeton review books are quite pro- popular. So I got those at the beginning of the school year. And then about two three two three weeks before my exam my ap human geography and ap government exam i started preparing with the princeton review book so i would go through that nearly i would i would say nearly every single day i would go through and i would just complete a section like i created a schedule for myself i'd say i'd finish this chapter by this day this day i'll take a practice test these days i'll be um finishing these chapters so that's how i did it and then AP Human Geography, the exams came, AP Human Geography and AP Government and Politics. And I went into the exam and I can safely say I passed. I think I did relatively well. Those Princeton Review books definitely helped me. And then, and, you know, those passed. And now I had three weeks until my AP Physics 1 exam. And I'm recording this right now, May 30th on a Sunday. My AP Physics 1 exam was the 24th of May. So last, last Monday. And... I went into AP Physics 1 not knowing it has the lowest passing rate of all APs. So I had, mm, I thought I would be prepared with those three weeks. I also got a Princeton Review book for AP Physics 1. But let me tell you, I walked into that test and there's a multiple choice section and a free response section. And there was some stuff on the test that I had not learned at all like it just it, it, it appeared as a question i was like what 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 is what is this right and i i mean i paid attention in class i did really i did really well in the class i think my average in class was for like the the semester was 97 percent. so i had an a plus in the class and so i was definitely paying attention i was always attentive i had my camera on when i was doing class and i did the entire Princeton review book and it's quite a big book and it gives you quite a few practice tests so I thought I was like okay yeah I'll be fine for this I go in and I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing so I don't have my score back yet I don't know how well I did but I walked out of that test I was like I would not be surprised if I got like a two on that test it it just mm, okay but we'll move on we'll move on and we'll go to my computer science test and then we can go into what the actual scores mean and then what happens if you actually fail an exam like me thinking I'm going to fail my AP Physics 1 exam. So computer science principles, I took the class first semester and I had 
full intention of taking the test as well. So again, I said I would take AP Physics 1 and then I would take the computer science test about two weeks after that. So I would have two weeks to prepare. And it's a relatively easy class, so I didn't think I would need a long time to prepare for that test. But the thing is, I, I was start, after my AP Physics 1 exam, or maybe slightly before it, I was sitting down and I was thinking about my computer science um, exam. And I thought to myself, wait a second. So I took computer science just for the tech credit. I'm not a computer person. I wasn't taking it just because I enjoy computer science. So I thought to myself, okay, I took the class. I did, I did well in the class. I got an A plus in the class. And I thought to myself, this year, what College Board is doing, they're giving an in-person option. You know, as I mentioned, we have the three administrations. One or two of those for each test will be digital, meaning that you don't have to go anywhere. You can just sit at home and you take the test on your computer, which is what I was planning to do with my computer science exam. And I thought to myself, okay, computer science. I took it as a tech credit. I don't think that computer science principles is going to count as credit to really any college, like credit to exempt me from classes, which is uh, one reason why you would take APs to make sure like you go into college with some credits and you in with the hope that like okay I took this class in high school so I don't have to take it again in college instead I can take harder classes or I just just don't have to take that class right and perhaps you can graduate early if you have enough APs so that's my intention with taking APs that's one reason that you would take APs is to get credit for college and not just general credit I mean credit to exempt you from certain classes in college so I thought to myself okay computer science doesn't do that I'm pr- most schools are not going to exempt me from, I don't know, computer science if they require it, if I take, you know, computer science and then submit my AP score. I was like, okay, it does, and obviously I can take, if it's just one class, I can take it again in college. I'm pretty sure I can squeeze it in. It's not like a major, um, major problem. I thought to myself, okay, computer science doesn't check off that box. And even with that out of the way, it's always good. Like with my human geography exam, I don't think that many colleges would accept that as credit. Maybe they would accept it as general credit. So just take it in and, you know, give me more credits as I graduate. But I don't think that it would exempt me from any classes. But I still took the exam because I was like, it's my first year of APs. I might as well just take it to get experience. With computer science, it being digital, I highly doubt that I'm going to take a digital exam ever again. I would much rather take an in-person exam. And I thought to myself, okay, it's not even going to be beneficial to me. It's not going to help me with APs in the future. So it doesn't check off that box. It's not going to help me prepare, help me get a better idea of how to take an AP test. So I thought to myself, okay, computer science doesn't do that. And with the 2021 school year, again, this is just the 2021 school year because of COVID and how they've changed up the administrations. If you don't take your exam, you can get a refund. You're not going to be charged a fee for not turning up for your exam. You're going to be completely refunded at least that's how it's happening at my school that's what my counselor have my counselors have told me if you don't take the exam you'll just get a refund and you don't even have to show up you don't have to fill out anything just don't show up and they'll give you a refund so I thought to myself okay so computer science no college is probably going to accept it as credit for anything at most they're going to accept it as general credit Uh, number two it's not going to help me get a better idea of how to do better on AP Um, it's not helping me in, I don't know, I'm going into my junior year, right? I'm going to be taking APs my junior year. I don't think that taking a digital exam is going to help me with exams in the future and I'm getting a refund. So 
why, why would I, why would I take the exam? Why am I going to put myself under the stress of taking the exam if it's not going to do anything for me and I might as well just get the money back? So that's how it's um, going for me with the computer science exam. I'm not taking it. But moving on to back to my other three exams, human geography, government, and physics one. So let's, before we get into the like importance of test scores, what happens if you don't do well on your exam, let's go over what the different scores mean for those of you who are probably maybe going in, this is your first year of APs. So APs, you are put on a scale of usually one to five. You get a zero if you, I don't know, cheat or plagiarize don't you don't abide by the agreements or something so I think that's really the only way you can get a zero even if you get like a zero on the test like you get nothing correct you would still be a one but anyways the scores go from one to five one being well zero the worst but one being if everything goes normally one being the worst score you can get and five being the best score you can get and a three a score of three is considered passing so if you get a score of three four or five you have actually passed the exam. A score of one to two, you have you have not passed the exam. And they stand for something. Five, if you get a five, it's like extremely qualified. Four is well qualified. Thir- three is qualified. Two is not possibly or not qualified. And then one is just no recommendation. So that's how the scoring goes. And it depends on what schools you're aiming for as well. But again, three is considered passing, like that's the benchmark. But many top schools and just not even top schools, like many schools only accept scores of four or five. So even if you get a three, a three is not bad. It's considered passing. But in many cases, it's not enough to get you credit in many, many, many places. So a score of four or five is, is usually what people aim for. A score of four or five is considered very good. So that's the scale, and I guess we could sum it up by saying a score of one or two is considered failing, if we're going to put it in those terms. A score of one or two is considered failing. Three is not failing, but don't expect to get, I guess, much credit or much out of it with that score. So one or two is failing. Now let's talk about how much these scores matter. Like, sure, we've learned about them. We know that we can get credit for them at college if we go. It can exempt us from certain college classes. And obviously doing well on a test showing like, oh, I got a five on, I don't know, I took nine APs and I got a five on seven of them. That obviously looks good to the college and nobody's going to look at that and say, oh, that's a bad thing. No, it looks good on your um, application if you choose to submit it. But does it really matter in the admissions process? And the answer I will give to that is not really. So with an AP exam score, let's put it this way. The grade that you get in the class itself, you know, you took the class, what grade you get in A, B, C, D, whatever it is, that matters way more than what you get on the AP exam test. So for example, I took government and took human geography and took physics, I took computer science. I'm not taking the computer science exam, but I got an A in the class. Uh, Same with physics. I said I got like, 97, I think. Human geography was similar, something like a 97, 98. Same with government. Yeah, probably around 97, 98 for government as well. So by looking at that, I did really well in the class. That matters to a college way more than what you get on the test because AP classes, like every school is going to do it differently. Everyone's going to have a different experience with the same, could have a different experience with the same AP. But when colleges see AP 
or they see honor, or they see IB classes, they and you do well in those classes, you're telling the college, look, I took a class that's harder than the average high school class, something that's advanced placement AP, right? It's considered a college level class. I took a college level class and I did well in it. So that's the best indicator to a college that you can come into their institution and do well. You can succeed in their institution. So that is the best way for a college to know, are you academically qualified? Will you do well? Will you perform well when you come to our college, if you come to our college? So that's why the AP class matters and doing well in the AP class matters. And if you want to know more about like, you know, is it okay to get like a bad grade in an AP class? You still take the AP, but you get a bad grade. Check out my website, College Reality Check. I do have an article about, that's called, I think, is it better to get, is it okay to get a C in an AP class or something like that? So check that out if you're wondering about the, taking an AP class, but not doing well in it. So anyways, back to the importance of test scores versus the actual class. So we've already established the grade you get in the class matters way more than the exam score you get. And now for the exam score, what does it show the college? It's hard to tell because I think, let me elaborate a little bit. So for example, the SAT score, you can be super smart and not do very good on the SAT score and vice versa. You can be I don't know, not stupid, but like you can be an average student. You don't have to be like a, a genius or anything. And you could do really well on the SAT test because the SAT test doesn't, you need a certain amount of knowledge. Obviously you need to know how to multiply. You need to know how to divide it. You know, you need to know that stuff. But beyond that, a lot of it is just knowing different strategies, knowing how to maximize your score And even for the smartest person, if you don't have the resources, if you don't have someone telling you this is what you're supposed to do, then to get a good score, then you won't do well on it because you don't know how the test is structured. You don't know what the the people who write the test are expecting, right? So it's the same for AP tests. I I just use an example, SAT or ACT, but it's the same for AP tests. You need to know the strategies. You need to know how it's laid out. You need to know what they're looking for when um, they're asking you a question. You need to know what kind of answer they're looking for. And there are tips and tricks here and there on, um, I guess, wording that College Board uses on their tests and stuff. So there are so many things that you can learn and you can do relatively okay in the class, but really well on the test just because you had that preparation. You had, you know, the prep books, you had the tutor to help you understand how am I supposed to take the exam? It's It's really just a test of, do you know how to take the exam? Not like content wise. Again, you still need a certain amount of knowledge. You like, for example, government. You need to know the ba- you you need to know government, right? You need to know the different um, branches of government and such. But beyond that, a lot of it is just knowing how the test is structured, knowing what to study and how to study. So that's why it's really hard to judge an AP exam score because people who have the money to afford the prep books to afford the tutors will do better even better than some people even those people if you get a bad score on ap test it doesn't mean you're dumb like it, it is no indicator of your knowledge or how well you do but so somebody could get a better score than you it doesn't mean they're smarter than you it doesn't mean you're dumb it could mean that they had better resources or it could mean that they had a friend who took the test and gave them advice on something whereas you had no one to look up to you didn't have any materials to um, help you study so that's the thing with the AP exam another thing is with the AP exam it does cost money 
to take the exam. Again, this year they're doing it differently. If you if you choose not to take it, you can get a refund back. But the exam itself, it costs what ninety dollars, I think, to take it. And not everyone has the money to you know give out ninety dollars and take a test. So that's why it's really hard to judge people who take the test versus don't take the test, and then those who get a good score versus a bad score on the AP. So in all, having a four or five is not going to do any better. You know, it's going to look good on your application. Your college is going to see and say like, oh, okay, they took the te- they took the class, they did well in the class. That's obviously a pro. They took the test and they got a four. They got a five on the test. That's great as well. But if they see like, I don't know, a score of two, a score of three, it obviously doesn't look good, but it's not going to make or break your application. It's not that much, that important. So basically the thing I want you to take away from this is that your grade in the class matters much more than your exam score. Now let's get on to the main topic here, which is what happens if you fail an AP exam? And the simple answer is nothing. Really nothing happens if you fail an AP exam. Okay, uh, we already established that it's it doesn't matter as much as people may think, even though you stress over it, you may, I don't know, study up until 3 a.m. in the morning for your test. In the end, it doesn't really matter. It's obviously not as important as your GPA. It's not as important as your SAT score. It's not as important as the fact that you actually took an AP class. It's not as important as any other grade-related thing that you may put on your application. So it the score itself doesn't really matter. It looks good, again, if you get a good score, but if you don't, it's not going to make or break your application. Now, if you do get a bad score on the test, which is what I'm expecting from an AP Physics 1 exam score, then you can choose not to show that to the college. So let me explain how that happens. Most colleges don't even ask for you to report your score. Like they're not, it's not like the SAT or ACT. And again, SAT, ACT, it's changing now. Many schools are going test optional and such. But even before that, with SAT, ACT, it was still very important that the colleges got that and that you reported your score and that you did well on the test. With AP scores, it's not like that. Many colleges don't even ask you to report the scores. If you do, it's self-report, so you don't need to provide anything official. You just write it on your, there's a section on your application that says, oh, here, like, can you tell us your scores? And you can just write down, like, oh, on AP, U.S. Government and Politics, I got a four. AP Human Geography, I got a five. So that's how it is. You self-report it, and you don't even need to report all your scores. You could take, let's say, six APs throughout high school, and you can choose to report only four. And if you report those four and the college the college sees that you took six, but you only reported four, they can't really, they can make assumptions all they want, but they won't know for sure because it could be that you just didn't take the test or that you did bad on the test. They can't really tell that way. So again, if you want to report your score, you can. There is a place for you to do it. And if you don't want to report some scores, then you don't have to do that either. So, but with some colleges, after you report your self-report your score after you, if you get admitted into the college they may they may ask you for an official transcript which is like so instead of self-reporting and writing down yourself like oh da, 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 you need to actually send them I, again i'm not applying to college so i don't know the exact process but you have to send them the official like transcript on what you got instead of just telling them oh yeah i got a 1580 now you need proof that you got like a 1580 right on your sat or something like that so 
They may ask for an official transcript after admissions, but again, it's not like the SAT, it's not like the ACT, it's not as important as those two tests. So and another thing to be careful of, though, if you fail an AP exam and you do not want that score to get reported to a college, you have to be very careful. You have to ask your counselor because some schools, like your high school, I don't know if my high school does it, but some high schools may include your AP scores on your official transcript, like the transcript that shows your GPA and such. So let's say you took, I'm just going to use the APs that I took as an example. If you took like AP Human Geography and it will show like my transcript saying, oh, I got in AP Human Geography, I got, I don't know, a 97. That was um, my score. That's the score I got for that class. And next to it, they may show what I got on the exam. So you have to be careful about that. You have to know does your school put that on your transcript, your GPA transcript? And if you, if they do do that, or if you know that a college is asking for your AP score, you can withhold, withhold your um, applet, like your score. And there is a whole process to it. It does. There is a fee to um, withholding a score. And you have to ask the AP, um, you have to ask college board themselves to withhold your score and you have to pay the fee and they, they won't erase the score from like existence, but they will, and you have to list what college you do not want to send it to and they won't send it to that college. That college won't know what you got on that test. So I think I've done a decent job at explaining what happens if you fail on the AP exam. We can do a quick summary. So actually let me use my example right let's say my ap physics one exam i haven't gotten my score back so i don't know what i got considering that only 40 percent of people pass that test meaning only 40 percent of people get a three four or five the other 60 percent get a one or a two god okay um considering that and considering that i did not know what some of the stuff on the test i can say that there's a good chance that i will not do well on the exam and if i don't do well on the exam that's fine. What happens if I fail that AP exam? Nothing. I don't have to show it to the college. I don't have to report those scores. And the likelihood of a college caring about what I got on my AP Physics 1 exam, what I got as a score, is slim. If I do well on it, of course, I'm going to report it. If you do well on your AP exam, definitely report that score. Like, don't hide it. But if you do bad, then you don't have to report it. Again, check with your high school on how they do it. If they do report it themselves to the college, like they put it on your transcript. And yeah. But just to summarize, nothing's going to happen if you fail an AP exam. Yes, we stress over it. We study really hard for it to get that good score. But in the end, it matters way more what you get in the class. My AP Physics 1 class, I did very well. I mean, I actually grew to like physics and I did really well in the class. I understood what was going on in the class. I got a very good score. I got an A plus in the class. If I do, and that matters way more than what I got on the exam. If I got a two, if I get a two on the exam, let's say, it doesn't matter as much as the fact that I got a A plus in the class. I can just hide my two and make sure the colleges never see it and they can't assume anything, right? Because they don't know if I took the exam or if I just chose or if I just chose to hide my score. So I hope that was a good summary. I shared my experience on APs and I explained like what the different scores mean and what happens if you actually fail an exam. So I hope you guys enjoy and I hope to see you next week for another episode. Take care. Take care.